The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 90th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW. With a proclivity for positivity, welcome to All Things Elite. And this episode of All Things Elite is very special because it is it is our 2020 end of the year review and contest announcement. But before we get into discussing all of that, we have somebody to welcome back. After not being on last week, we have Floyd Johnson Jr. joining me, Austin Somewhat's once again with us on the podcast. Floyd, how you been, man? You doing all right? Hello. Yes, I am doing well um, now. I, I had some struggles over the last few weeks, uh, but I'm very excited to be back. I think, I think, I might be wrong. I think that was the first show on ATE. With me not on it. Yeah, I'm, the, I, the if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think that's your first one. Yeah, with me not on it, uh, it. Generally, if I'm not on it, we cancel the show, which is, you know, I not my preference. My preference is if Austin can find someone else, that's always great. Uh, I love the show. Don't ever want to miss, but, you know, life happens. Uh, in this case, COVID happened. Uh yeah, so uh, I got COVID uh, around Christmas. I'd honestly say about 23rd, 24th is when the symptoms kicked in. Uh, basically, July 30, I mean, or January, December 31st, I went to the emergency room because, you know, my breathing wasn't improving. Nothing was improving. So, uh uh, so I went to the doctor that day, got some drugs, felt better, but of course didn't feel good enough to record the show last week. And uh, it, it was we it was very important that we did the show because it was for Brody Lee and um, R.I.P. Brody Lee, uh, John Hoover. Uh, yeah, the show was the show was great. I thought you and Jeremy did a uh, part amazing job. I don't really have anything to do add to it except that it was a pleasure to watch uh, John wrestle the many times that we did, uh, the many times that I did, and you know I wish I would have got to see him more in AEW. Thoughts and prayers with his family. I uh, also think it's really weird that people go out of their way to care why people die. 
Yeah. I, 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 I've never understood it, and it's not. I'm not going to go on a long rant or anything. It's just once you're dead, you know, you, you, many, many different faiths may believe many different things. That that that's neither here nor there. But once you're dead, I mean, knowing why doesn't can't bring you back. You know what I mean? So it's like I understand they want to avoid it in the future, but you know, some things are not avoidable, unfortunately. So, uh, but yeah, my thoughts, prayers with him, his family, uh, everyone in AEW, all his coworkers. Uh, yeah, it was a tough loss. I don't don't want to skim past it, but like I said, it was covered pretty thoroughly last week. Uh, and this week I'm back. I only got a kind of few symptoms left, uh, which include a slight cough. So I'm going to try to edit that out as much as possible. Uh, and, um, what am I thinking of? I'm having some taste issues. Can't really taste anything carbonated, which is probably healthier for me. Not drinking <laughs> carbonated drinks, but I can't taste anything carbonated when you, it just tastes like what it, it like. It does. I can't taste the carbonation. So it tastes like whatever. So last night I had an angry orchard. I wasn't thinking about it as a carbonated drink, but it is. And it just tastes like liquor. And, and, and it's a very weak beer. It's a very yeah. uh, angry orchard. Is like it's an apple beer that's like six point. I drink it because it doesn't taste like beer. But last night, because of my taste buds, it all I could taste is the alcohol in it. And so that was uh, that was uh, a fun little side effect of COVID that I didn't know could happen, and apparently is pretty common. And my wife has got like 80% of her taste back. So that's what's happened to me over the last few weeks. I think I summed that up in, you know, less than five minutes. I did a pretty good job of not going on and on and on. But I am really excited about this episode. I've been bothering Austin all weekend about recording it because I've had the results for like two weeks now. Uh, I've had the results for two weeks now and I haven't been able to give them out. Because, yeah, you know, there's nobody to record with. So, Austin, who came through big time last week, making sure we get, I got an episode recorded. I am very happy to record this week's with you. So, I, I just, a little uh, behind the scenes, I say the format after we go through this week's episode of Dynamite. Uh, we go through each category. We say who we thought should have won. And then I give you a three, two, one on how the voting went down and we move on from there. We're not going to try to keep you here two hours, but we are going to have hopefully have some good spirited debate on who we thought think should win. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's go, sir. I'm ready when you are. Absolutely. But um, before we get into the show real quick, uh, first off, thank you once again to Jeremy Donovan of Social Suplex uh, for being on the show and filling in for Floyd while he was out. It was really great to have him back on. It was really great that he was able to fill in for on relatively short notice. And yeah, and very glad to hear that Floyd's feeling a little bit better. And yeah, same thing goes for your wife too. Very happy to hear that's starting to improve as well. But before we get into the show itself, 
I want to make sure that you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating and a review if you would like. Let us know how we're doing. You can also, if you're so inclined to, leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. It would be hugely appreciative if you would have done that. Helps us make this podcast what it is. And on social media, we are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Our guys, Social Suplex, are at Social Suplex. They help make this show possible as well. I am at SZoomer4 on Twitter. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. We just talked about the big news of the week being Floyd coming back from his sickness, his COVID-related sickness. And it's very nice to hear him back. Obviously, we missed him very, very much. Now, I will let ask actually ask Floyd right now because when we're recording this, Dynamite has happened a few days ago. So do you want to get into the end of the awards right now, or should we just do Dynamite straight ahead, and then we'll get to the end of the year uh, awards? We can go to Dynamite. Uh, it seemed like a pretty quick episode. Uh, we it can, did. It uh, seemed like this episode went by way faster than I thought it would. So, yeah. So hopefully our review is not too long. Just kind of, you know, because we haven't done it in a few weeks, just let everybody know what we thought about the show. And then, you know. Like I said, we can get into the contest. And I think some people are going to be shocked by some of the numbers and some of the results. So, yeah, let's get going. Yeah, absolutely. Starting off with an eight-man tag match, including the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Young Bucks, SCU, Frankie Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels, versus the Hybrid 2 and the Acclaimed in an eight-man tag action. And, of course, Jim Ross keeping with it i'm very happy that they're sticking with this jim ross opening the show by going it's wednesday night and you know what that means honestly it just doesn't feel right unless you open it that way i feel like even if he misses it once in a while just like forgetting it that's okay but i feel like in general it would be good to see that be the the intro to the show because it it just keeps a nice little like like, like it's like your daily routine when you watch Dynamite. So it's nice to have like a nice little opening and a nice nod to Brody every single episode, which was always nice. Um, now, <laughs> uh, Buxton SCU came out with uh, T-shirts that say "Your rap is crap," which, all right, glad to know that these guys can spit bars and also make them into T-shirts. Always nice. Yeah, and, and it, it, it was a shout out to uh, an old TNT faction. The West, Next, uh, the West Texas Rednecks that wore a shirt that just said rap is crap. That is true, yeah. Which, I mean, like, if you want to get heat right there from, from a certain group of people, uh, like, who love rap music, and myself included, I saw that shirt and I was just like, okay, you got instant heat from me, man. How dare you? How dare they? Yes, exactly. It's like, hey, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the age-old tale. Hey, what's your favorite type of music? Well, it sucks. Instant heat. Absolutely. I remember when uh, Kofi Kingston, uh, he was with New Day, and he was actually kind of, they were kind of going face, and uh, they were in Nashville, and he just went off on this tangent about how co- terrible country music is, and it was hilarious, and it was like the best thing ever. Okay, before we continue with the episode two, sorry, I have first to play of the, the game. First play of the game, botch snap goes over Roethlisberger's head, recovered in the end zone by Cleveland. Cleveland has a lead with five seconds gone in the game. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I got out of the way because I was literally shitting my pants by seeing how bad that was. Okay. The, Not and, 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 and I just had to say that. And it's super hilarious because this game does decide who plays my rainy defending world it champion, does. Kansas it City Chiefs. So right now... 
right now with Cleveland taking the lead, that's who we're playing next week. Oh my God, Steelers! You are the worst eleven and zero team I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Oh my God! Now, getting into the actual opening match uh, for Dynamite, the eight man tag. Of course, I've never been a huge fan of multi man tag matches. It's just never been my thing. But if it includes the Young Bucks, if it includes SCU, I'm always going to be there for it. And of course, Hybrid Two are still crazy good. I'm. Every time I see the acclaimed, I'm liking him a little bit more. I still think I need to see a little bit more. The John Cena guys. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I just need to see just a little bit more, just to be able to figure out like my full thoughts on them in general. But either way, I, like I'm enjoying them more and more that I see them on t- on television. Um, but the. Uh, the way the match ended was Matt Jackson getting the pin on Jack Evans after hitting the melt. The well, first off, Christopher Daniels hit best moonsault ever. Then hit the Meltzer driver by driver by Matt Jackson, and that ended up being the finish. So it was a really cool and interesting finish to get both of those two teams together and to collaborate on that. After the match, SCU told the Bucks that they had their backs anytime they needed it, except for when those belts are on the line against them, and had a little nice handshake after the match it was a decent opener honestly i really enjoyed it and of course like leading into the entire show the bucks involvement would be much more uh showcased i feel like than just from this match in general yeah uh let me tell you when it comes down to uh eight man tags not much of a fan but in this case you know leon bucks always make it exciting i i finally i felt like daniels and kazarian was a step behind but it's it's a Young Bucks pace to match. And I also think uh, Caster, uh, Max Caster and Bowens aren't quite there yet, but they are getting better. I really enjoyed the match. And like I said, I, uh, I love that um, uh, uh, angle from Dark, which is the SCU angle, is coming to the main roster and... And it's continuing on with the Young Bucks, so that should be fun. Yeah. After this match was what, one of the things I was looking forward to the most of this show, which was the return of John Moxley, which we hadn't seen him in a while. We've seen him cut promos. We've seen him in like a short little video segments, but we haven't seen him in an AEW ring in a little bit. So seeing him was actually really, really nice. Uh, and, of course, this is one of the few like first times in a while that we've seen him without the AEW World Championship. And of course, John transpired like explained that being like you probably expected me to come up here swearing up like crazy, screaming bloody murder about what happened on December second. But where he comes from, complaining doesn't matter, and he's not going to back down. He's not going anywhere. But what to do about Kenny Omega? And I loved like the guy who he's hanging around with him that looks like a used car salesman, and that was a great line uh, going after. Um, the second man in that group that's very much building up Kenny Omega in Don Callis. And after he started talking about that, he said he's going to get even and then some with Kenny. And he's going to, when he says he's doing something, he's going to do it. And you, he called, he, he, he compared himself to the boogeyman, not the WWE boogeyman, but the actual boogeyman. One day, you're going to look in the eyes of the devil and you're going to beg for mercy when you realize you crossed the wrong guy. And pissed off John Moxley is probably the best version of John Moxley you can get because you can just see 
just the hate in his eyes that he wants to get even with Kenny Omega. And whenever these two go back at it, it's going to be very, very intriguing to see what happens. I, I'm going to use some qualifiers in here when I say this. This is the best. This is the best uh, hero screwed over in an epic way comeback promo I've ever heard. Totally. Because every it generally falls. Like when Goldberg uh, got hit with the cattle prod and lost his streak. And, you know, uh, Stone Cold, the many times he got screwed. I mean, there's always a promo or revenge promo or revenge fight comeback, but nothing has set, nothing set the table for what was going forward better than what uh, Mox did. He put over Ray Phoenix, his time in wrestling, his 13 years. He explained why after Kenny jumped him, he wasn't going to jump Kenny back during the match. It, it was just the most realistic, like, straightforward way of doing it and I think it sets it will set the standard for what this promo would be because it's like I love Cody you know how I feel about Cody but when he got like screwed over by MJF he just kind of did a moving on promo you know what I mean it was like yeah for a person that you you know you're supposed to get heat from me from him getting screwed right the, the promo didn't satisfy, you know, the heat that I needed. But in this case, if you're a Moxley fan, I don't know how you come away from this anything but satisfied because he set his goal. He set his line of sight. I'm not just moving on to the next feud. I still hate you, Kenny Omega. Yeah. And Ben Roethlisberger just threw a pick. This team is garbage. <laughs> After this moment, we had a backstage interview with Dasha, uh, with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Uh, Chuck said that Trent's going to be out for a few months with his injury. Uh, that was a sustained him a few weeks ago. But then, best man, Miro, Penelope Ford, Tip Sabian, they come out and challenges Chuck Taylor, Miro does, to a match and says, after I beat your ass on Dynamite, how about you come be my young boy until the wedding? And... Chuck agreed to that and said, "You, you're even stupider than you look." So yeah, yeah he, little, and it, he stipulation for their match. Yeah, it's inexplicably uh, agreed to that because Miro has it. Like I don't think he's been on the ground since he's come back to AEW, and he destroyed Trent with no little to no effort. The fact that Chucky e. T says, "I got this," is like, oh yeah, so he's gonna be. You know, Miro's young boy for about a month or so, which I think is pretty awesome. It's pretty old school. Uh, and you're going to get a lot of comedic segments with uh, Chuck E.T. not, you know, necessarily doing it the best young boy for uh, Miro. So that should be fun. Uh, but yeah, if, if you, you go to wrestling logic, this just you just put this under the uh, category of faces are stupid. Yeah. And now we got one of the matches I was looking forward to the most for New Year's Bash Night 1, which is Jake Hager of Inner Circle versus Wardlow of Inner Circle, the Battle of the Big Boys. And I, Jericho said on commentary, Godzilla versus King Kong, decent shot. And I saw a lot of Wardlow in this match. I really did, because Wardlow, I knew 
that when this guy gets time to shine away from MJF, it would really do nothing but good for him because he showed off his strength, his his athleticism with the stuff that he's done uh, against Jake Hager, just lifting him and planting him multiple times and just chucking him again multiple times around the ring. And Hager himself still looked really, really good as well. And eventually, Wardlow was able to get the win after a massive F10. And it was also where um, uh, MJF was standing on the ramp watching and just with some of the other members of the inner circle. And it was a nice, uh, it was a really nice match for a really interesting pair up. And they did fist bump each other, showing that inner circle members themselves, they weren't going to go against each other. And there was a little bit of um, still no bad blood between the match, but they did show off the best of these two, which honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued. Seriously, I want to see more of Wardlow singles action because he's so he's really I've really been liking what he's doing. Big men slapping meat. That's my. That's play. all it was. And, and it, it was great. I, Oklahoma's own Jake Hager. Got to say the whole thing uh, with uh, Wardlow. And this was war. I really enjoyed the match. I enjoyed a lot of the offense in it. Uh, when Hager got him in uh, that uh, that arm arm and head choke. And then Wardlow uh, got out of it the two creative ways. I thought that was well. Of course, Hager's Hager. He's going to be who he's going to be. He's wrestled the same way for like 10 years. So that's great. Uh, 10, 20 years. But I forgot how long he's been in there. But Wardlow is you're starting to see him develop. You're starting to see him come out of his shell. He is going to be a future star. And I'm looking forward to it. And then after the match, uh, you know, MJF used this opportunity to get on the good side of Jake Hager. He is slowly turning everybody on the inner circle to loyal to him instead of maybe Chris Jericho. So I was going to say. So maybe we got a slow burn going here. But, uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this match. Enjoyed the story that came along with it. I thought it was kind of a perfect segment. Yeah, honestly. The match itself did really, really good work of showcasing both men. And, yeah, that, that little promo afterwards just really solidified, like, what they're trying to do with MJF uh, in the inner circle. And I'm, 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 in, I'm into it, man. Like, the way that it seems like he's planting seeds to, that'll just blossom into a nightmare for the inner circle is going to be really, or maybe more specifically, Chris Jericho is going to be really, really intriguing. And next, we had the TNT title weigh-in for the TNT Championship match between Darby Allin and Team Taz's Brian Cage. We saw the newly designed uh, TNT Championship belt that will be used on TV instead of the one that is now permanently in the possession of Negative One Brody Lee Jr. And the consensus I've seen online is that everyone's liking this design way more than the original. And I, I would agree. I would agree, honestly. But I, I actually don't agree. Because oh, okay. The other one was red and gold. Those are my two favorite colors. This one's less red and gold. So not my favorite colors. So I understand this is... I understand why they did what they did. I have no problem with it. But to me, aesthetically, I like the old one better. Yeah, and I think for me, it's just because the 
the red outlining with the gold on black made it pop just a little bit more. And I think just people just don't like red belt straps and I can see it, but I would agree that I like, I personally like this one a little bit better, but I mean, it was the consensus was pretty strongly like, yes, this one is the one we want to see. Absolutely. And if you'll notice, I didn't post about it. <laughs> I just I had to stay quiet. So just, hey, people yeah. were happy. So yeah, yeah, happy, so. yeah, yeah. It's like people were happy about it, but if you're, I mean, aesthetically, and that's what I said. Nothing about the emotion or anything. Just straight looks. You yeah. know, I like the other one better. Yeah. So we had the weigh in. Uh, Darby Allen by himself with his skateboard, with the entirety of Team Taz behind Brian Cage. Brian Cage is weighing in as 272 pounds. Darby Allen weighing in at 170 pounds. Over a hundred pound difference between these two men. Huge, again, great way to dis- describe like this huge gap in this title match. Um, where, like, if you describe this to somebody outside of wrestling, they'd probably look at the champion as the underdog in this match, which I mean makes a lot of sense. And Taz was about to talk before Brian K uh, before uh, Darby Allen took Tony Schiavone's mic said, you may think this feud is nine months in the making. It's, but in reality, he's been dealing with shit like this and him his entire life. We all know how this ends. Let's get to the fun part. And he throws down the mic, gets ready to fight with the entirety of team Taz by himself. And Taz kicks Shivani out of the ring. They about to, they're about to jump Darby. And then Snowfall, Sting once again backing up Darby Allen and Team Taz retreats. Taz screaming, as God is my witness, we're crowning a new champion uh, for TNT, and it will be Brian Cage. And it's still interesting because, like, yeah, let me tell you, defending Darby, yeah, but like, uh, there's still, I don't know exactly what to think. Uh, this whole segment made me yawn and do stuff, other stuff. I knew exactly. I was gonna what say, was yeah. It's, it's, I feel like I feel like the burn is starting to get. Yeah. Burn, but yeah. again, I feel like it's just because of the fact that this uh, this was supposed to be last week. Yeah. What we were supposed to see for this segment for this match in general. So. Yeah, like, it, just, it's uh, it's more the same from Sting, but yeah. because it had to be pushed back a week, yeah. and we've seen Sting do the same stuff for now probably four or five weeks. It's I mean, getting to the point where we need to see what he's gonna every do. week since December second, brother. Every week since December 2nd, I love, love Sting. But he's going to either have to get physical or he's not going to have to be there that week or something because it's the same thing over and over again. And I know WCW got away with doing the same thing for two years. This is a different time. You get two weeks of doing the same thing. And then we need to uh, we need to hear something. The, I am a slow burn guy. But this is not a slow burn. This is a rerun. And that's what we don't tolerate in wrestling is reruns. Because every week, yeah. it's the same thing. The snowfalls, Taz's group runs. That's it. I'm like, I need more. I need more. <laughs> yeah, I, get, I, I totally get that, too. Um, we then had an interview with Jurassic Express backstage. Uh, they showed the Marco Stunt negative one little few that they had on Dark, which was absolutely amazing. The fact that Negative One wrote that promo himself was great. And Marco was asked about what they had planned next. And then FTR interrupts and says, maybe Negative One was right yesterday and you are a loser. And Marco Stunt then decides, 
I'm taking Luchasaurus's place. I'm teaming with Jungle Boy against you. He's gone full Scrappy Doo. It's it, there's no question about it. Like Marco is channeling his inner Scrappy Doo, and he's he's going up against uh, your boys FTR with Jungle Boy. Which I mean, Jungle Boy is a great wrestler, uh, but I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not sure how Marco's going to fare against what is considered to be one of the best tag teams in the world right now. Uh, anything you want to say on this promo, since it is your boys? Uh, they're uh, Marco and Jungle Boy are going to die. It's, but it's going to be very. <laughs> they're going to die in an entertaining way. Uh, uh, my boys, FTR. Uh, I love that they're staying active, staying involved, and staying not too far away. From the Young Bucks. They're only like a step away. Yeah. They're just letting them know. We're coming for you. We're coming for Very you. Very true. And then we had the American Nightmare Cody with Snoop Dogg making his appearance for the the Go Big Show uh, that is going to be that is on TBS, which I did miss the debut episode. I don't know how it was. I will have to go back and look, but I don't know exactly what everyone's thoughts are on that. Versus Matt Seidel. Yeah, it, it's it's an extreme version of like uh, America's Got Talent. That's what I and, thought it would be. And that's what it is. And if you like that kind of show, you're going to like this show. If you don't like that kind of show, you're not going to like this kind of show. I'm never going to miss an episode because Cody's on it. And I do not mind looking at Rosario Dawson. I'm just going to say I don't <laughs> mind. I'm just going to say I don't mind it. I mean, her being there. You know, it's 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 a good thing. Uh, so I'm very excited going forward uh, with what they're gonna do. I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be what ten weeks. That's what probably makes the most so. sense. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. It, it did a million, which is good. That's, that's something there. Yeah. yeah, and if they keep sixty percent of their audience, I think they'll teen, uh, TBS will be very happy with that. But uh, yeah. Uh, We'll, we will see. I think it's something, it's very interesting. The acts are interesting. So if you do have a chance, I would say check it out. But it wasn't yeah, I'll take a look. nothing to call, you know. I'm not going to say go watch it right now. Sure. I'm not, I'm not, now, that, that, not there. Now, Matt Seidel versus Cody. First of all, Cody had a Snoop Dogg remixed version of Kingdom, which was interesting we, we now have two companies that are running that had ran uh snoop dogg remix themes being sasha banks and now cody which is really really interesting i see as an eminem fan i can't really speak on snoop right now for personal reasons but it's whatevs he's it's good to see him though and the match itself like i like sidell but i think it was really building towards um uh, what what uh, Jeremy said last week about Seidel possibly turning heel on Cody, which well, I mean, like I think would make a whole lot of sense, and I think would be the best decision because, like I said last week, Matt Seidel's character as a babyface is nothing too special, and I think seeing him try to go down as a heel would be way more interesting for his character and would give him a lot, excuse me, a lot more to do. Um, after Seidel got hit with the crossroads. Luther and Serpentico jumped into the ring, beating up Cody. Seidel then helped Cody to separate the two. And then Seidel was going to hit the moonsault on Serpentico, but then Snoop Dogg decides, I want to make an ass out of myself, and decides to go ahead and hit a frog splash on Serpentico. And it was as if, it was as if I was back at WrestleMania 32 with Snooki diving off the top, top rope. 
my God, that man has the grace of a goddamn turtle. Um, I just... I just can't. I mean, what else is there to say? Match was decent. I'm hoping this is leading towards a hot feud for Cody, which is, I think, when you were watching Dynamite, if he's not in the hot feud, even though the show is good, I think it does miss something when Cody's not in a hot feud. So hopefully this is leading to a hot feud. The match, like I said, was solid. Cody won. The whole Snoop thing was talked about on TV. So I guess that's ultimately a win but uh yeah that was terrible it, yeah. it, it was terrible and uh yeah uh it's i i just there's no other words for it it happened i hope it never happens again that's it <laughs> me as well it's just i mean there's nothing else to say really there's really nothing else to say but going into the next match was the aew women's world championship match there's a big Palette cleanser after seeing Snoop Dogg come off the top rope. Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon. And now I know a lot of people not messing with Abaddon. I have friends that already like just do not want to see any more of her, um, which I disagree. Uh, I really want to be able to see the stuff that she can do. I really like the look of her character. And I mean, I and I still really like Hikaru Shida, and they've been building this feud for a very long time. And I was glad that they finally put, uh, built, uh, like completely set it up so I could they can get the built the payoff match. Uh, at one point, uh, they went underneath the ring, and Abaddon once again uh, comes out with blood all over, and she bit Hikaru Shida's neck once again, and then she also just. Cheetah then just decided, okay, I'm just going to slam Abaddon's head into the steel barricade and then superplex him back into the ring. And it ended up feeling finishing up where Cheetah hit a running knee on Abaddon, getting the pin, defending her title. She beat Abaddon, and it was it was definitely a lot more like story built and like had a lot more cinematic stuff in terms of like the spots they were hitting, which I enjoyed honestly. I liked that they really tried to show a lot of cool like maybe not high flying spots or like the spots that like are indie rific, but like had a little bit more of that style of, of like telling a story with your spots as opposed to just hitting really, really big moves. And for this kind of match with a character like Abaddon, that's the best thing that you can do with, with this kind of match. So I, I thought it was all right. I thought that it was a nice little cap off. I'm, I don't know if they're going to continue this, whether it be a, seeing what Abaddon does on dark or if they're going to have a rematch. But from what I saw, what probably the, the payoff, uh, it was solid. See, man, I, I look at people and I try to let them know, uh, what happened is Abaddon had a gimmick. Uh, then they realized that she was limited as far as performance, but she has a really good gimmick and they got out what, out of it, what they could, which I have no, zero problem with i don't have a problem with abaddon to me it's the 31 flavors of wrestling this is one of the flavors it, it to me it's like the mint chocolate chip uh a mint chocolate chip of ice cream uh of wrestling like i know some people that don't think mint chocolate chip should be a thing and i know some people that love it right but if you don't like, if you think mint chocolate chip is horrible, it, it, there was nothing th that was going to happen to this match that was going to change your mind. And if you already like it, hey, there's it. 
So when it comes down to it, I saw a lot of people bitching and moaning, but I'm just like, it is what it is. It's just like, it's not, it wasn't for you. This segment wasn't for you. I'm not saying turn the channel, but you know, find something else to do. This wasn't, this wasn't your segment. So, uh, and, I, and again, it's, it's the, it's the uh, mixture of styles that AEW is showcasing. Yeah. And it was a little cheesy, you know, the, the you know, the whole bleeding thing was cheesy. Uh, I, don't like Cheetah's finisher when it comes to Abaddon. I think she should break out something a lot heavier to keep Abaddon. I was gonna down. say I was I was thinking that maybe while the referee was knocked down or something, she would grab her kendo stick or something to try yeah. to fully knock her down. And yeah, yeah. It just felt it just felt like a very weak ending for this monster character. But you know, I, I'm looking forward to what Cheetah has gone going forward. Yeah, me as well. Now, main event time. The match that a lot of us were waiting for for a very, very long time on AEW. And especially um, since this match was pushed back a week. The AEW World Championship, defended by Kenny Omega against the challenger, Ray Phoenix. These guys fucking killed it. Like, I just, I don't really have too much that I have to say on the match because I'd be going through every single spot. I mean, these two guys arguably the best singles wrestlers that AEW has right now. And it was just such a great, great match. But the match ended up finishing with uh, Kenny Omega. Well, first off, Ray Phoenix tried to hit the frog spash, but Don Callis did warn uh, Kenny Omega about it. He gets his knees up, hits him with the Tiger Driver 98, and then One Wing Angel gets the win. And... Uh, Don Callis gets on mic, says you've witnessed history, but uh, there's something more going on. Something terrible has happened backstage. Pac and Penta Zero Miedo were being assaulted backstage by the Butcher and the Blade while Eddie Kingston was laughing. Uh, John Moxley then comes down to the ring with a barbed wire baseball bat, gets Omega in the chest with the bat, and then Gallows and Anderson, the Impact Tag Team Champions, jump the barricade, and Impact has sent some of their boys over to AEW. And it's Gallows and Anderson. And they're on AEW, hit Moxley with a magic killer. And then Gallows and Anderson and Omega start beating up on John Moxley. Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison go into the ring. They don't they get knocked out as well. Then Young Bucks come into the ring. And they are going to Gallows and Anderson, former Bullet Club members, telling them to stop. But then Gallows, Anderson, and Omega put up two sweets. And the Bucks give it right back. And right there, I was just like, holy fucking shit. We're getting a small little Bullet Club elite-style reunion. And, I mean, I'm so happy seeing this. It's so freaking cool. And it was... Considering how much I was waiting for this match, the match itself was well worth the extra week wait. But what happened afterwards, I truly was not expecting. And it was truly so amazing. So amazing to see. And it was an incredible ending to night one of New Year's Bash. And it it was just... Whew, I can't say anything else. Floyd, you got anything you want to add to this? Uh, five stars by Dave Meltzer. Uh, yep, I mean, the, there you go. The only five star uh, televised match in AEW history. Uh, yeah, for Dynamite, yeah. Yeah, Dynamite. So uh, it's considered 
the number one dynamite match ever. Uh, Ray Phoenix is probably one, if probably my favorite in ring performer in AEW. So, uh, it, it did not shock me that that's what happened. Um, when Moxley came out with the barbed wire, I thought that we were going to have a nice, good, full, good moment of Moxley clearing the ring. Maybe he gets one shot on Don Callis and we go off. I did not, did not, did not expect Gallows and Anderson to show up. I did not, did not expect the Young Bucks to come out and not do anything to them. And then they all five ended with the two sweet uh, super shirt available on shopaew.com. Uh, apparently some people are going to have a little spending money for shopaew.com. So you might want to throw that on there. Uh, but yeah, it was very, it was very fun, very shocking. And it was like, if I can honestly say, you know, there was some stuff going on in America on Wednesday and, and I think it would have been the talk of the world if the stuff on Wednesday hadn't kind of taken the air out of the rest of the country. But uh, yeah, it was a really great moment, really great show, probably top five ending on AEW Dynamite episode. It's just like I said, I think people kind of were exhausted this weekend think, week, thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously, like I said, a lot of stuff been going on. I mean, this brought me so much joy in a week that I felt just drained, I feel like, just with everything. So, say, I, AEW always, come, like, wrestling in AEW, like, in general, whether it be NXT, WWE, AEW, and, and NWA, Power, whether it be Impact, uh, ROH, I don't care, New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom was a ton of fun to watch, like, when the world is going to shit, I can always go to wrestling, and it's always nice, and it's always a good, great way. It's my escape, and it's always been my escape. Um, and this, especially, was a great way to just ignore some of the... Well, take my mind off more so, not ignore. Take my mind off of some of the dog shit that was going on outside of pro wrestling and in the actual world. But hell of a, hell of a night one to New Year's Smash. I, I kept saying New Year's Bash. It was New Year's Smash. You got what I meant. <laughs> but that was a really, really strong dynamite. Again, went kind of fast. I wasn't expecting it to go by this fast. But you know what? That main event, honestly, put it into top tier for dynamite shows in general. Just that main event itself was absolutely killer. Rest of the card was solid or okay. But, oh, my God, dude. It was absolutely it was absolutely that main event made everything for me. But anything else you want to add on Dynamite or should we get to the end of the year awards? Get to the end of the year awards. But I have to say, because we are both watching Cleveland and Pittsburgh in the background, that this is ugly. Ben Roethlisberger, what the fuck are you doing? This is... Uh, Dude, this, is this is... It's the first quarter Cleveland's up by 21 and Ben has thrown, I think, two or three picks right now. This team went 11 and 0. Are you serious? I have never seen the Steelers this bad and I cannot believe how my friend is a is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. They turned the game off. His her dad was screaming bloody murder at the TV. I cannot believe what is happening in my very eyes cuz I knew the Browns were were pretty damn good this year and I honestly I had the Browns beating the Steelers. I did not have something like this happening in the first 
quarter. Three turnovers. Well, there is six games this week. I knew one was going to be like horrible. I did not think it was going to be this one, uh, especially with Pittsburgh losing to Cleveland last week. Figured they'd come out a little extra motivated. Nah. Now let's throw let's throw a box snapped over Ben's head and then immediately give away a fumble touchdown. Like people are gonna have to get fired for this. I feel like I mean this is looking really bad. That uh, I don't know about that, but hey, let's uh, let's jump into the rest of the show. But I just it was just we had been talking about the game. It, It would have been weird not to mention where they're at right now. So, yeah, especially yeah. since it's happening right as we're recording, and also yeah. it's just it's too bad shit not to talk about. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, but yeah, we got our on December thirty first. We got the last of our votes on the uh, end of the uh, ATE end of the year awards. Uh, we had ten categories. Well, we got two hundred and forty two responses, which I think was really good for a first year. No, most people not knowing who we are. So as we give the uh, awards away and, you know, um, we'll talk about some of the numbers behind everything and, you know, uh, you, you'll talk about the numbers behind everything and maybe how we thought how we thought it should have went. So, yeah, I'm ready. I put them in order so you can go through each category. And like I said, we'll say who we think should have won and. Then the results. Yep. And another another Cleveland touchdown, and the first quarter's not even over. This is insanity. But first award that we go to, the first category, is the AEW Breakout Star. Now, I feel like there was a lot of options people could have gone with. Um, if I would have said my breakout star, it would have been uh, definitely... Uh, the, probably the same as what I would have for one of the future categories. I, I think I have had him for two. And it would probably have been John Silver, like who I would have had. AEW breakout star. I went from where they were at the beginning of the year last year to where they ended up by the end of the year. And I actually ended up agreeing with the consensus. Um, My vote would have been for Orange Cassidy (laughs) because he was just a part of a three-man group that never talked. By the end of the year, he is in a blood feud with Orange Cassidy, gets two in TNT uh, title shots. Uh, He's main eventing. He main evented AEW a couple times. No one had a faster rise over the year uh, from where they were at to basically being a main eventer than him. So, uh, yes, AEW breakout start of year. Third place went to the one... The only John Silver, he got 14% of the vote. Second place went to the man that Cody brought on and put back on the map. Eddie Kingston got 22% of the vote. And with a whopping 35% of the vote, your winner at AEW Breakout Star of the Year, the one, the only, OC Orange Cassidy. Half, Half thumbs up for everybody. Yeah, honestly, that makes total sense. Um, I I I feel like just because of where John Silver was compared to uh, Orange Cassidy is why I went with him. But I totally understand Orange Cassidy being picked. I mean, the man 
went from a joke character to somebody that people legitimately were fine with seeing in main events of Dynamites and competing against. Uh, you said Blood Feud with Orange Cassidy. Uh, you meant Chris Jericho, but I'm pretty sure everyone knew what you meant. So either way, but that was, yeah, makes total sense. Not mad at that at all. All right. But, and like I said, and it was the on the consensus, it was those three. And then like the next person had like 7%. So it was pretty much, it was... It was pretty solidly Orange Cassidy. Uh, Ricky Starks got a good uh, percentage of the votes. And good shout. Good shout. Good shout out to Ricky Starks and Britt Baker that both got uh, nice little percentages. They showed up in the, yeah. uh, the pie graph. Uh, what's I feel the, like if it wasn't for injury, Britt Baker would have been up there way more. Yeah, because she probably would have been champion if it wasn't yeah. for energy, injury. Uh, what's our next award, sir? Our next award is the AEW Dark MVP. I want to really hear the results first before I give my two cents on this one. So go ahead and give us the results. Who is the AEW Dark MVP? Confirming this is AEW Dark. These are people that are people that are uh, giving a spotlight to shine on the Tuesday night YouTube show. So uh, third place. So I'm actually going to say fourth place because the numbers were so. Uh, it's so good. Uh, fourth place was Taz, who got 16% of the vote. Third place, we got Brandon Cutler, who got 19.4%. And it was actually a tie. It technically will be a tie for second place because Scorpio Sky also got 19.4% of the vote. And your winner this year is the man from Louisiana. He'll Rochambeau you for it. His Ricky Starks with 23% of the vote. All right. I, so, I, I, I did not agree. I would have probably picked Brandon Cutler yeah. <laughs> if it was for me. But wow, Ricky Starks. That should show it shows you how much respect and how much that he gets looked at by a fan base. Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of the guys I honestly wouldn't have thought would have gotten a ton of votes, and I'm, I'm not mad at it. I think definitely Ricky Starks is a good shout, but um, yeah, I, I probably would have said Brandon Cutler as well, but I mean, like, hey, the fact that a lot of people, uh, if a lot of people actually are riding with Ricky Starks, hell yeah, honestly. I'm glad that people are really rocking with him. Yeah, congrats to Ricky Starks. I'm looking forward to him going forward. If we looked at the other receiving votes, Will Hobbs, it was the next on the list with like 7%. <coughs> but yeah, Ricky Starks, 23%. And the next category, sir. I feel like this one's just a foregone conclusion. The BTE MVP. I mean, let's let's go ahead and go to the votes, man. But I feel like it's a foregone conclusion. We, <laughs> during the voting, we were in awe. Uh, and like, I was kept bringing it up to uh, you in awe about the winner. Uh, so, of course, 70% of the vote. This person, by far, in any category, was the highest full-on percentage winner. Uh, 70% of the vote. I am going to say... And this is a show you will understand. Third place was Brody Lee. Good. Who was 1.7% of the vote. 
The Young Bucks were second place with 5.8% of the vote. And with 70.70% of the vote, your BTE MVP is the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Hungy. John Johnny Hungy. Dude, it's not even the fact that he won, but it was the margin that he won that we were completely dumbstruck with that, like, oh, my God, like, this man is making making moves on BTE. Yeah, I mean, this this ex- tells you his popularity extends way further than just, uh, you know, just uh, being the funny guy. He's like, like, he is the MVP on a show where he's not even considered a star. You know, he's not in the opening credits. It is crazy. And I have become a huge fan of John Silver over the... Uh, over the year, and it was just like even me being a huge fan was shocked at the sheer volume and domination of his votes. Yeah, like we knew he was gonna win, but we thought it would have been a way closer battle between, like I said, I like Brody or Young Bucks or anybody else on BTE, uh, whether it had been Hangman or something. But I mean, like seventy percent of the vote. There was a one few guy. weeks. There was a few weeks. He literally just wasn't even on the show because they were only shooting from uh, California. And he still wins MVP because <laughs> yeah. his segments were the ones that people always remembered. Yep, Johnny Hungy. All right, so that is our the third of our ten, and I'm going to take a small break here to announce our first winner. Now, you will be... I will announce the winner on the show, and I will email you directly... So you can get your uh, prize. But our first winner, random.org, we had 242 votes. And our first winner is Kenneth Dale Young at gmail.com. Kenneth Dale Young at gmail.com. You're in third place, so you will be getting a $25 gift card from uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, We'll be sent to that email but I do have to get a, some kind of response from you uh, to let me know that I'm sending it to a person that can still use it or even wants it. So, Kenneth Dale Young, I'll be reaching out to you this week. All I'll need is a simple reply. And I'm going to tell you one. All I need is a simple reply. Once I get that, I will email you your uh, sh- uh, Shop AEW gift card. So, congratulations, sir. You are the first winner. Congratulations. All right. Well, let's get into the next award then as we go down our rewards. Next award we have is Faction of the Year. Now, not a ton of factions in AEW, so it's going to be uh, a vote of mostly the same groups, uh, seeing who shows up there. But it should be interesting to see if one beats out over the other one. So what were the results on this one? All right. In big third place. At 13.2% of the vote, we had the best friends with Orange Cassidy. Uh, Yeah, of course, that shows the popularity of OC. Uh, With 27% of the vote, we had John Silver and Brody Lee presents The Dark Order in second place. And in first place, I mean, it's probably the most consistent faction in AEW since it opened uh, Chris Jericho 
Jake Hager, proud and powerful. Uh, uh, I'm missing some Sammy, Sammy Guevara, MJF, and now Wardlow. The inner circle it, it, that got 37 percent of the vote. I yeah, mean, that and honestly, your, makes sense. Those are your it's, winners. It's very consistent. Yeah, and I'll tell you, as we got closer to the end, that that number was like a lot higher. The Dark Order came on at the end, like a lot. They came on at the end. Like I thought, uh, I think if definitely I wasn't sick and I could have got more ballots out to people, I think they would have won. I, I truly yeah, it do. It was definitely it would have been a closer mm. battle, I think. And mm. near the end was where Dark Order really mm. got their moments to shine. Yeah, because they um, were they weren't even they were like in fifth place, and then just out of nowhere, just every vote was for them. Yeah. And but Inner Circle has been the most consistent so far, so I will definitely say yeah. it makes a whole lot of when sense. They debuted the, the first episode of Dynamite and have been together ever since. Yeah. So yeah. I mean it makes total sense. Yeah. Uh now now we can get into the next award, the AEW show of the year. So this um is going to be I mean, my my show of the year is very simple and it's for obvious reasons, so but I'm interested to see how everyone else felt. What was your so, show of the year, sir? Let's get you. My show of the year was the last wrestling show I attended in 2020, and the last wrestling show I've attended since then, AEW Revolution 2020. So that's yes. my show of the year. It was actually the last show we attended together. It AEW was. Revolution. Uh, my show of the year. I mean, I there was a two that three that had a shot, and let me just go through. Uh, winter is coming because it was kind of a last minute thing that I went there and Sting did the return and then we got the title change. Um, my number two was Dynamite in Kansas City on February 26th. It had the Omega Pac Iron Man match, but I was also close up when Tiffany got pulled in the ring after the show. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, so that was a great moment. But it happened after the show, so I can't really call it. Harder. Can't really count that. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but my sh- my show of the year was Revolution, just because it was a show. Uh, it was an amazing show, amazing matches, and we got a full and crowd. A, and it was at the. It was at a very very better time too. Yes, yeah, so it was just we got the f- amazing full crowd. We had the light up wrist things. It was all together. I have to give a special shout out for myself personally to uh, Full Gear. Uh, I got to see FTR in FTR uh, versus the Young Bucks and what I consider uh, the best live tag team match I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, just that one match wasn't enough to, you know, make it the show of the year. So I went with Revolution. Uh, so the fan voting. Uh, I will go ahead and since fourth was kind of high, I'll give it, I'll, I'll add it on the list. With 14.5% of the vote, we got full gear. Uh, with 22.3% of the vote, we got double or nothing. Uh, that's with the stadium stampede. With 23.1% of the vote, we got winter is coming. And with 31% of the vote and all blue, our first, their first show, the first big show of the year, Revolution, 
wins AEW show of the year. It honestly makes the most sense. It was it was such a good show, top to bottom. The I really was glad to hear that uh, Winter's Coming was actually up to second place because I mean that show was very very good, and I'm glad that uh, a lot of people agreed with that. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm I'm biased with Revolution because I was there and it's the last show I've been to. But I mean, like my God, just for ha- for Hangman Kenny versus the Bucks alone, I mean that's got to make at least somebody's top of shows. So I'm glad to see that one went out. Winter, yeah, Winter is Coming was technically the number one COVID show. It was? Yeah, because, you know, it was the, I mean, everybody was at a handicap because <laughs> those was like, uh, you look at Revolution, the Atlanta show, and the Kansas City show were actually full, you know, capacity crowds. All right, uh, what's our next category, sir? Our next category is the AEW Moment of the Year. There's a lot of things I think people could have pulled from, and I think there's a lot of things that even in my head I'm interested to get my thoughts out about. So let's just go ahead and get the results on this one since there's a ton of things that could be chosen for this. All right. I would have t- I'll tell you right now my moment of the year was FTR versus uh, the Young Bucks finally or happening. Or just that or them debut? No, debut? no, the actual the match finally happening. After oh, okay. all this years of buildup, I knew it wasn't going to win. I don't even think I had it as one of the options because I knew it wasn't going to win. But I just I, that was my moment of the year, just my special reasons. But uh, again, I'll go with the four of them because it is kind of close. With eight point nine percent of the uh, vote, we get Matt Hardy hit Sammy Guevara with a golf cart. <laughs> I'm so glad that's on there. Uh, with nine point. One percent of the vote. We got Chris Jericho and MJF's musical number. Ah, uh, Le Dinner Debonair. Le Dinner Debonair. Uh, uh, FDR debuting. Just to throw that out there, got uh two point nine percent of the vote. So, <laughs> uh, Don Callis helps Kenny Omega beat Moxley. Fourteen point five percent of the vote to finish second place. And your number one moment. Sting debuts. There it is. is coming with a beautiful 29.3% of the vote. That old man still draws. Sting. He does, man. I mean, the fact that he was back on TNT for the first time since, I want to say, 2001, I think. It was, it was huge. I mean, we still don't know exactly what we're going to get from Sting. And the weight is getting to be close to unbearable just to see what the hell the man does. But when he showed up, man... I think everyone felt like a kid again for the first time in a few months, considering how things have been. But yeah, that was huge. Um, glad to see that. Uh, glad to see that uh, Le Dinner Debonair was voted by some people. I know it's very polarizing, but I, I that would be up there for mine as well. Yep, it was uh, definitely it was definitely there. I, I enjoyed it. And like I said, when it came to moment of the year, I had a really hard time voting because there were so many amazing moments. Fortunately, I was there for a lot of them. So it really like that's usually like the thing that I say, oh, I was there for it. So it's better than the other thing. And I couldn't use that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So what uh, what we got four left. All right. We do one more and then we'll announce another winner. What's the next okay. category, sir? Big one right here. AEW match of the year. Now, there's a lot. Of, there were a lot of great matches in AEW, both on Dynamite and on Pay-Per-View. Um, I mean, mine straight up is going to be the 
Kenny Omega, uh, Hangman, Young Bucks for me because I was there for that match. If I was being objective, it's probably going to be Young Bucks FTR at full gear. But for me, Revolution and Hangman and Kenny versus the Bucks would be my match of the year. So we got to go four places again because we had enough percentage to justify it. With 9.9% of the vote in fourth place, we had FTR versus the Young Bucks from Full Gear. Uh, wow, that low? Uh, that was. I would not have expected that. That was th- fourth? Yeah, that was fourth. I would have thought it would have been top three. Uh, three with 10.7% of the vote. So that should tell you how close it was. Uh, Pac versus Omega from Dynamite in Kansas City, the Iron Man match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With uh, second place. With 16.5% of the vote. This might shock a lot of people. We got the parking lot ball. Best friends versus Santana I'm Ortiz. I'm so glad that match gets so much so much tout about it. Like I'm so glad people enjoyed that match because it was so much fun. Dynamite September 16th. It was second. And the first race vote goes to From Revolution. Omega and uh, Hangman versus the Young Bucks. Uh, with uh, a whopping 47% of the vote. So it pretty much won in a landslide, but then two, three, and four were really close to each other. Uh, yeah, um, if you noticed, out of the top four AEW matches voted on, three of them were tag team matches. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why AEW is considered the king of tag team wrestling at this point in time. It's just because they've got some of the best tag teams in the world right now, and they put on some of the best tag matches that you can possibly find. I mean, like obviously singles matches, I feel like a lot of people are still going to go to new Japan for their best singles matches of the year. But I mean, the alone in tag team wrestling, it's, you're not going to find a place better than in AEW. for a while. It was NXT who were king of tag team wrestling. But then a lot of those guys have now jumped ship to other companies, including AEW. And with the young bucks putting together that division, it's just flat up stacked. Yep. And I am very, proud to cover get to cover that every week because tag team wrestling is the my heart and soul and the fact that this is the best tag team division wins uh i can't argue against any of it uh i had a more of emotional attachment to ftr versus the young bucks because i'm literally like when the ftr became a tag team and is pretty much two months after that is when i ever heard of the young bucks so my fanship of those two are pretty much tied together like a knot. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. But yeah. the fact that it was fourth actually does surprise me. And again, um, I love the parking lot brawl. Seeing it in second is probably not where I would have guessed everyone else would have put it. But, I mean, seeing it at second is a really good shout. And I think it just shows how much people love uh, Best Friends in Orange Cassidy. If you and want- Proud and Powerful did really well, too. If you want to talk about rewatchable... I would probably oh, totally. say Best Friends versus Santana Ortiz is the most rewatchable of any of these matches. For sure. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're going to take a small break to announce the second place winner. Well, well, the second winner. You just, you know, how, how I voted. So, great job. Uh, second winner is... Oh, that's the wrong page. Ha! Huh? I was like, uh, no, that's not the same. All good, all good. Technical difficulties, but we'll get ahead of it. All right. It is artistmagnum at gmail.com. Artistmagnum at gmail.com. 
congratulations, sir. I will be reaching out to you via email. I just need a reply. So then I can send you the... Otherwise, otherwise yeah. it's going to go to somebody else. It's going to go to somewhere else. Uh, we would announce it next week on the show. But all I need is a reply. And it's a $50 uh, gift card to shop.aew.com. And shopaew.com, excuse me. And uh, it'll come straight to your email. Like, soon as you reply to me, I will send you the gift card. It's going to be pretty immediate. And like I said, we're saying it on here. We're going to then say it in the tweets when we tweet out the show notes and everything. And hopefully we can get back and get with you before the end of the week because I don't want to not give anybody their reward. There you go. Back to the awards. The next award that we have is the AEW Tag Team of the Year. You got so many to choose for for this. And it's going to be really interesting to see which one wins out. But I have a thought that's probably what I would say would be FTR. It's probably going to be FTR in my thoughts. FTR is my vote. But uh, Tag Team of the Year in third place with 18.6% of the vote. FTR. Damn. In second place with 24% of the vote. The Young Bucks. And in first place. The team that was pretty much tag team champions most of the year, 36.4% of the vote. The one-winged uh, Cowboys, is that what people are calling them? Uh, one-winged Cowboys, Hangman, and Omega. Uh, See, I would have I bet on FTR just because I feel like we saw more of them this year. Um, obviously, we saw Hangman and Kenny's best match in Revolution, but they did not stick around together uh, too much longer uh, through the year, so I would have honestly put my bets on FTR. But I guess that match really did a lot, and also they just hadn't had anything bad in the previous year when they when they got together. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I can't argue with that. It's not what I thought. I honestly would have had FTR and Young Bucks and Kenny switched. Young Bucks, I mean, F, Young Buck and uh, FTR or Kenny, Hangman and Kenny switched. Young Bucks at second is where I thought they would probably be. But, yeah. All I'm right. Try, People have spoken. Try not to be... I'm going to try to be understanding here. Uh, of course, I think FTR <laughs> should have won. Y'all made Floyd sad. Yeah, but if you look at the year, you talk about the time on the boat where they beat SCU, that Hangman and uh, Paige had a great match. That was a great match when they beat them on the boat. Uh, then... What was like two weeks later, they then had the highest rated match in North American history against the Young Bucks. Then, uh, then if you look at the rest, they had to take a few months break. But when they came back, they didn't have that uh, amazing. They didn't have an amazing match with FTR. So it was like per match, they're probably got the highest rating. And then uh, you look at the Young Bucks. How many people did they uh, put over putting great tag team matches on this year? I mean, if you want to just talk about volume of really good matches, F- I mean, Young Bucks would probably be one. Uh, FTR, you know, the, the debut was amazing. The matches they had, the win streak that they went on was all perfect. And, you know, and the Hangman and Kenny match, I thought was a really good match. Really, really good, excellent match, but it wasn't the perfection that FTR versus the Young Bucks was. 
So I understand. I am a fan of heel tag team wrestling. So uh, they were perfection to me. I know not everybody is a fan of heel tag team wrestling. So I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons people could have voted for, or you know, they could have just thought they were better. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. So it, it was a good, it was a good award. Congratulations. I, I do want to say shout out to Jurassic Express who finished fourth in the good. Group. Yes. So That's very the, good. the up and coming tag team. All right. And going into the next award, as Ben Roethlisberger has thrown, I believe, his third interception on this game. My God, man, you are you're killing me over here. This is disgusting. I, only can, I can honestly say only two are on him. People yeah, don't but, dro- dro- people dropping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like either way, like this is abysmal. Uh, AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year. Um, now I'm interested because obviously we've said before the women's division is probably the weakest depart for AEW at this point in time. I do think we're going to get to the point, especially when we start winding down out of the pandemic and all of the Joshi talent and Japanese talents and other wrestlers that haven't been able to wrestle. Uh, in uh, the states, come back. I feel like it'll be re- the, the division will continue to grow stronger. Um, and I don't know necessarily. Did you count Thunder Rosa as a as a vote? I put her the, on uh, here. You put it because that's who I would have put. All right, so that would have been your vote with Thunder Rosa. My vote uh, for the year, I probably would have went with Nyla. Uh, just because you know, I okay. I like her style or whatever for the year, and she was in a lot of big matches. Uh, that's just kind of going off my head. Honestly, it's 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 a jumble for me. You know, I like a lot of the women's wrestlers, and then I don't care about some of them. I'm not I'm not gonna state with who because I'm not trying to you know get anybody on bad side. But sure. looking at the votes in third place with. 12% of the vote, uh, the former NWA world champion, Thunder Rosa. All right, all right. I'm glad she's in top three. In second place, with 16.9% of the vote, is your role model and Reba's best friend, Brett, Britt Baker. Not Rebel. Not Rebel. Reba's best friend. And it's Britt Baker. And with a whopping 55% of the vote, the second largest, the second largest total in our group, it was the AEW Women's Champion Hikaru is Hikaru Shida. Yeah, Hikaru Shida. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was it was a blowout. Gosh, I love yeah. Shida, and I do think her title reign, um, like probably is it's it's not as strong as Riho's, it's not as strong as Nyla's, but she's done well. Being the center face of the women's division right now, which is slowly starting to rebuild. Um, honestly, I love Sheeta. So her winning is totally makes sense. She has been champion for most of the year. So and she's done well, honestly. I really do think she's done well. Um, I guess just comparison wise, it's just where people might have their issues when it comes to her reign in AEW compared to others. But yeah, no. Completely deserved. Makes total sense. And yeah, I've got nothing much to say on that. Congratulations to Sheeta. Uh, you know, one of the first women signed by AEW, and she is a big part of the company. So 
No, uh, shout out to her. It's worked. It's worked. Yeah. You know, whatever they've done oh. has worked. <laughs> but finally, final award of the end of the year awards for all things elite. AEW Men's Wrestler of the Year. All right. No further introduction. Let's get the results. All right. Let's get the results and get y'all out of here. Uh, let's see. I did not do my math on this one. So there was really two main people. So I'll talk about the other three really quick. Um, all right. So with the fifth place would be Co- with 5.4% of the vote was Cody Rhodes. Fourth place with 5.8% of the vote was Hangman Page. Third place or tied for uh, third place or second place, whatever. 5.8% of the vote was Orange Cassidy. Second place with a whopping 25.6% of the vote. The best bout machine, Kenny Omega. And number one. Uh, Number one uh, with 44% of the vote. Way larger margin than I thought it was going to be. Was your AEW champion for most of the year, John Moxley? Yeah, honestly, I I mean Kenny definitely picked it up near the end of the year, and we really got to see the best bout machine and the cleaner make a return to form in the last part of the year. But most of it has been John Moxley, and he's been nothing short of his best form in a very very long time. So Kenny Omega, no question about it. Kenny Omega was winning when I got sick and stopped paying attention. And then a shit ton of votes for John Moxley came in. Oh, so it was the blue wave of AEW. Yeah. John Moxley. Yeah, no, yeah. It was like Kenny Omega was at forty four percent uh when when I got sick. And then I just checked it after and it was like all Moxley. And like I said, it was just like I accepted responses until December 31st and then turned it off. So it wasn't like I had touched it or anything. <coughs> either thing. The blue wave was John Moxley and he got the winner. And with that, I also take this moment to announce our grand prize winner. Uh, number one of the 242 in the random list. Joe Simba at gmail.com. Again, I will say your name here, Joe Simba at gmail.com. I will then email you immediately after. And then once I get a response, I will go ahead and send you the uh, gift card to shopaew.com. I really appreciate you entering and congratulations on the win, sir. I'm holding back my my urge to sing Circle of Life right now because of that name. Yes. Uh, it's like, it's so crazy. Uh, some of the names that I saw were like super crazy and it made me laugh. And one, right. one, one was, uh, one was, I don't want the award given to the next person. <laughs> at email.com. So that's kind. Yeah, that's, uh, that was all, that was, uh, that that made me giggle quite a bit, and I was looking. I was like, if they won, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna let them know they won, and be like, I gave it to someone else. Uh, right. 
But no, uh, they didn't. And so, like I said, congratulations. I am very happy for you. I thank everyone that has listened to a minute, second, hour, whatever of our show over the last year. We plan on doing our best to do better this year. Even though I think we do a pretty good show, but I'm, we're going to do our best to do better each year. Keep improving as we get ready for the second annual awards. Now, I am going to let the wrestlers know that they won We're through tagging them on Twitter or sending them messages. I doubt anyone will care, but if they do, I'll let you know. Yeah, for sure. And once again, thank you again to everybody who uh, provided your results and made this end of the year awards really special. We got a lot of really great responses from you guys. If we didn't win, I apologize. Um, it was always next year, but we really do appreciate everybody who took part, not just the people who won the gift cards. We really appreciate everyone who took part in this. It really made a really, really cool show. And again, sorry it took us so long. We just had a couple of uncontrollable things that we couldn't really, uh, it was out of our control or whatnot. But thank you again to everybody for doing that. And that will wrap up this episode of All Things Elite. Yeah. Um, first off, well, go ahead with what you want to say before I close this out real quick. I was just going to say uh, this was fun. Uh, thank you, Austin, again. One of my gifts this year is you being consistently on the show. So I appreciate you. And, yeah, I'm ready, for, ready, to, uh, ready to end the night with, I guess, a football game. And then more you know, like a massacre. Yeah, and I'm gonna get this uh, get this show uploaded for everyone. Absolutely, but yeah, once again, glad to hear that Floyd's doing better. Glad to hear that your wife is doing better. Definitely glad to hear that. And again, thank you to everyone who stuck with us through 2020, especially considering that this is 2020 was my first year. I mean, about half the year, but my first year on this show. And I want to thank everybody for allowing me on the show that's been around for a little bit and um you've known floyd the whole time but you haven't known me for a little bit so the fact that you've allowed me on the show and people seem to be enjoying it i've been so happy to talk AEW with my good friend floyd and that people enjoy listening to it is always great to hear so truly want to thank you guys so much for allowing me to host this show it's been nothing but a fun time these last few months in this last 2020 and i hope to continue doing it in 2021 but before we go, remember on social media, we are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. They are at Social Suplex. I am at SZumer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Make sure you're downloading the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Share us around, even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else on podcasts. Whatever you listen to, share the podcast with your friends. Leave a rating and a review, letting us know what we can do better. If you want, you can pro- you can donate to us through Red Circle. We'd be so appreciative. But now, with the end of the year awards out of the way, with this week's Dynamite, with night one of New Year's Smash out of the way, we got night two next week. We can now close the show and have Floyd take us home for the night. Thank you guys so much for listening. Happy New Year. Floyd, go ahead. Yes, from me and Austin to you and yours, we'd like to wish you a happy New Year. 2020 kind of sucked for a lot of people. And, you know, it, it, even the end of it sucked for me. And as we we will get better this year, because I don't feel it can get worse, knock on wood. Uh, But uh, just remember, you know, whether you're uh, at home, you're at work, you're at school, always do your best to be elite.